to Art for the People, a podcast where we talk with Nigerian and African writers and artists, delving deep into their works and ideas. I'm your host, Monora Wood. My guest on this episode is Alimi Adewale, one of the most exciting visual artists working out of Lagos, Nigeria. Alimi Adewale, it's so wonderful to have you on Art for the People podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. Now, quite a surprise to me, you know, I've been relating with you a long time, but I always assumed that you studied art, but mm-hmm. that's not the case. You studied mechanical engineering. Yes, yes. So how does uh, that lead you to becoming an artist? Uh, uh, I think... Uh, that started uh, after graduation, you know, uh, it was even before, you know, and we have to do this industrial attachment where uh, you just have to go uh, to some industry and uh, try and do some practical work. Then I realized that, I mean, studying engineering in Nigeria, you're not going to be doing design and you're going to be more or less doing maintenance. And as someone that loves, you know, working with my you're hands, you're not going to be creating. You're not going to be. Much. You're not going to be. You're just going to be maintaining stuff, you know. And as someone that really love, uh, I mean, uh, working with my hands, you know. So uh, going to exhibition actually started the, you know, the arts appreciation, you know, and um, from there the fascination just uh, took off. So I'm more like a. I'm self-taught, you know, but a product of more like uh, not a formal kind of more like workshops, art residences, you know. And uh, I don't think people often think of you as a self-taught artist. Have you kept that quiet? <laughs> uh, uh, someone uh, wrote something sometimes that said uh, the training of engineering, which is about lines, uh, shapes and design. It, it, it's it's more like a, a stepping stone because with engineering, you still have to do design, though most of the design are, are kind of very rigid and not kind of uh, the way art has got... Uh, you, you, you do design based on the laws, you know, engineering law, physics law, science laws, compared to art where you can do some self-expression, you know. And imagination. And imagination. And, um, and, yeah. and just taking it, where, allowing it to lead you wherever exactly. wherever it takes you. Talk about some of the, the kind of art development that you've undergone through uh, workshops and uh, residences, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, what I realized being an artist is uh, people uh, just figured out, okay, it's just a, a hobby and... But as an artist, it needs to be very thorough because uh, my work process starts from uh, research, which it doesn't even have anything to do with the actual making of the work, you know, uh, because I work in series and my work uh, as a result of my personal experience. So uh, I discovered with the artists, you keep on learning, you know, because uh, I started as a painter. It got to a stage I discovered uh, the two-dimensional can't really express. That's when I foray into sculpture, in the future it might be film, it might be performance, you know, because 
there are certain mediums that are good for what you want to express. There are certain mediums that are good for the thing you know you want to talk about. So I discovered uh, with art is is a continual learning, you know. So instead of trying to go for the stretch, uh, the more academically, you know, where you go three, four years. So two weeks workshops, the week workshops, and different part of the world is what have really helped, you know, to gain certain skills. Uh, because I realized also hard school in Nigeria, most time you tend to focus. If you're going for painting, that's painting is you stand, you what tend you're to gonna, become exactly. a bit rigid or but it's some part of, exactly. But it's some part of for example, uh, Russian artists are very uh, artists that I really respect so much. And in Russia it, it takes a lot of years because you have to do virtually everything. But I, I guess our curriculum is not like that because if you look at the likes of Isu Grillo, they do stained glass, they paint, they do sculpture. Benny Wu can do sculptures, can paint. I don't know where along the line uh, our curriculum starts to be kind of very uh, focused on... Yeah, sometimes you'll see uh, the great masters who are known for one particular you know, medium. medium. And then sometimes you come across a work in, in the medium of theirs that yes. you didn't know previously that they they did. So yes. they were very, very versatile. Versatile, yeah, And they exactly. expressed themselves depending on what they were trying to do at the time mm. and the materials available to them. Yes. You mentioned your foray into sculpture. Yeah. And that's, of course, been so successful as we've seen in the last few years. I think the first time that I first became aware of you, you know, presenting sculpture was when with your your exhibition at Alara. Yes. Alara. Alara. Okay. Alara. Yes. Huh? Until then, I just thought of you as a as a painter, and I was really really amazed. And you've just taken it in leaps and bounds since then. So how do you uh, go from? you know, already being very, very successful uh, with your works in, in, you know, on canvas to to this uh, three-dimensional form. Uh, yeah. Um, and how do you get good at that? Uh, yeah, uh, because uh, as a contemporary uh, artist, I want to really express a contemporary nature. Of, so I, have to go, uh, I decide to uh, go to a workshop in Florence, you know, to actually... Uh, learn sculpture the old master's way, where uh, you know how to form your clay, you make your mold, then you can now go to foundry, to uh, cast, and so on and so forth. Uh, because what I realized with for our sculptors, no one has ever taken that medium and expressed in a very contemporary way uh, most times. Because if you look at sculpture as in Africa, uh, it's more like... Uh, it's not art. It's a form of religious, some of cultural. There's always significant. But when I look at the contemporary uh, sculptors that we have, they're still trying to do like the old way of representation, you know, old way of trying to stylize. So if you look at some of my colleagues, they are, common, uh, they are modern people, everyday people that you see. It's just to say, okay, let's take it from where the masters, the basic fakir of this world, the some of these guys, where they've taken it to and just give it a modern and very contemporary outlook. So that's always fascinates me. That's why I say, okay, uh, 
I, I think uh, would they, do, would, the way African art is going, they always say we're very primitive and, uh, and for me, I mean, people should come to Lagos and say that Lagos is a very cosmopolitan uh, society. It's like a series that I did sometime that I call the Transmutation Series, uh, which is about uh, nature, you know, uh, there's this uh, year that there are butterflies everywhere, you know, so I started this series. And a Western person, uh, I think uh, she's an American, said, oh, really, are there butterflies in, <laughs> in, in Nigeria? Do you have butterflies? What? Like, what? okay, this is the Western thing. I said, no. I said, uh, there's a public show by ITA, you know, that, in fact, we have a very big uh, species, various last species of different butterflies they're able to document. I got a book in Quintessence, so that also helped in trying to uh, do this series. The same thing also with birds. You know, there's a book done by, uh, written, published by ITA. You know, so it's just to say we are not living in a village. We are living in Lagos. This is a cosmopolitan. And we want to express. If oh, you okay. are sincere with yourself as an artist, you want to express uh, the everyday life of people, you know. And we're also living in a society that is moving on with the times. With the times, As yeah. with everywhere else. You jumped ahead of me a bit because one of the questions that I had on the way here to ask you was about butterflies. Uh, what is it about butterflies? Because I'm aware of your series, Butterflies Over the City. Uh, you've had uh, another series, or was it an exhibition, The Naked um, Butterfly? Yes, yes. Uh, so I, I just see this recurring thing about butterflies in your work, in some of your work, a good number of your works. So what is it about butterflies? Uh, as I said, uh, if I want to be said myself as an artist, my work are personal experience that, you know, I try to depict. I most of I try to depict things like this. I'm not trying to either for people to believe or not to believe. It's just to say, okay, let this create a discourse. And so it was four or five years ago, early in the year when it's not raining season, I don't know what happened with the weather. So there's a lot of butterflies in these remote places. And got me thinking, how oh, we city people, we don't really take time to contemplate on nature. Uh, everything is concrete. We butterflies don't conc and winged termites. Exactly. So along the line, while I was researching, I said, wow, this is a very unique uh, kind of insect because there's something about renewal, you know, from egg, larva, pupa, and you see this, I'm sure you see the lava, it's very disgusting. Trans transformation. Transformation. Death and, exactly. and renewal, rebirth. And, and you see this beautiful spring, yeah, season. seasons. And you see this beautiful uh, butterfly springing out, you know, just to say uh, for us, our lives, they're actually in season stages. You know, we need to recognize when things are not okay, uh, things will always change. We take everything as they come. They have got significant. So, Along the level, I discovered, I said, oh, they are butterflies, they're actually carnivorous. I said, wow. <laughs> so I said, this uh, is like a very... Something that is so beautiful. Exactly. Can so be so... It's, 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 it's a very fascinating subject. Uh, I really enjoy the series. Most times, some series I try to revisit. Some I moved on from it after I think all have been said, you know. I always thought that it was another element of your very, very strong um, towards nature, you know, meditation about nature, about the environment. Would, would that have been correct or no? Yes. Uh, 
if you look at this part of uh, neighbor, it, it's more like uh, uh, the artist in the solitude to to create. Uh, ideas, I don't think idea comes where uh, you have chaos. At times, people say, okay, you can get inspired by the chaos. But I think things like that are more like uh, trying to repeat or trying to uh, document. But I think authentic original idea requires solitude, a quiet, you know, so uh, I think being close to nature here uh, has really helped, you know, to uh, fashion some of my work. We can hear the birds. Singing, yeah, yeah, and in the night, you can also hear the, uh, the sea breeze, uh, the, the sea. waves. So uh, the exhibition, Naked Butterflies, online exhibition in 2013. Yes. I understand was the first online art exhibition in Africa. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's almost as though you you were ahead of the moment. We're in a pandemic and online exhibitions, everything fashion, yeah. has gone online. What What led at the time to having an online exhibition and what are your what is your thinking now seeing we're left no choice now in the main but to go online and where do we go from here yeah uh the naked butterfly then uh also uh after studying engineering i have some background in tech you know software development and and uh it was a challenge uh at that time of the year there's so much shows going on in Lagos, you know, uh, almost every weekend, at times you have three, two exhibitions flashing. There were there are days when you have four, and when you used to have four, exactly, and you would be like, wh- exactly. Which ones do I go and, to? And uh, right now, I mean, kudos to the state government. The road network is a bit, though it's still work in progress. I know traffic then and inviting people to shows, uh, people don't turn up. So it was an idea to say, what about if art lovers can view exhibition in the confines of their homes. And what I realized was it was a very successful show for the first time. People uh, in their homes and they are connecting with the art and they are, you know, it was so interesting to do something like that at that time. You work a lot in series. Can you talk about why this, the, the focus on, on, on series of works? For me, you're looking for ideas as an artist. Uh, you travel at times. You experience certain stuff. I, I always say, as an artist, you, your work's supposed to be... You're supposed to be voiceless if you're an artist. It's your work that's supposed to... You can use to respond, you know, to issues in society, to documents, or uh, to create discourse. So most of my work, as a result of, uh, because you have to be very sensitive as an artist in you know, an environment. I've done series about migration. I've done series about the socialites. And all this have a significant at a different point in time. For example, the socialite, uh, I mean, you got to say that the red carpet was just uh, Potako, Lagos, and Abuja. It was just a big deal. Everyone wants to have their five minutes of fame. You know, that's when I started socialite series to say, okay, are the socialites, are they good figures to, you know, besides the whole glamour, who are they? Do they inspire? Do they, you know, that's what I was doing that. Are they worthy of the adulation? Yeah. The commentary of society. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, for the artist, some of the messages are very subtle. 
Otherwise, say, okay, what some of these talk about? It is sent to Shalai that I really want to say, oh, I love this. It's beautiful. You connect to it, but there's also underlying meaning in terms of what the artist is trying to project, you know. So different kind of series. It's, uh, because if you have an idea, uh, you always think you've actually mined the whole idea. You might get it early. At times, it might be late. At times, you have to revisit so you don't that exhaust idea. you don't exhaust the idea exactly in one work or exactly two or also three. also for me uh, when an idea and people say okay wait, this is what they want uh, I always try to stop that is the point I think oh no this is not supposed to be just an object of beauty the message is going to get lost if you uh, just think it's a commodity and so they want this they want this and. Uh, I think that has, has really helped where uh, you don't overproduce, you don't tend to overtrash a particular, you know. You don't toe, toe the line of trends. Exactly. Okay, so now I, I totally understand and have every respect for not wanting people to stipulate what should go on the canvas. You want to be led by the things that you want to say and the muse uh, yes. only. But what, what happens then when when there's a commissioning? Uh, with commission, I don't think I've done... Uh, commission are not always very successful for me mm -hmm. because it's not coming from the heart. It's... Uh, it's uh, I don't think I've, I've done... Uh, Any... So you're not that kind of artist. No, no, mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, if it's an installation, it's different. If it's... Uh, Public art is different, but uh, if you have to do it, uh, personal collection, it's uh, kind of very difficult. Okay. So installation, what are you trying to achieve when you do an installation? I've seen quite a few of yours and installed the, the, all over the, the purpose world. Of, because I've seen, uh, I mean, young artists will say, oh, where can I see your work? I want to see. I say, oh, sorry, I'm not having an exhibition now. If you're lucky, you're able to go to a home where you can see. So I think uh, installation is a way, it's more like public art that is more accessible to a large group of people. You know, at times, I think it's very important for artists to do those kind of installation. If not, uh, most arts are actually in private spaces that and people don't have, exactly, and people don't have access to them. So that's why I think uh, public art is very important. Installation is very important, you know. All those stuff make art more like very free, you know, to everyone. Is there a sense with installation sometimes that it can be a way of addressing issues that may be a, more heavy going than for, say, the canvas or sculpture? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because uh, installations are more immersive. Installations are non-commercial. And I, and I think uh, it's very important for the artist. You know, when you look at a career span, an installation is part of it compared to uh, making the output all about commodity and commercial. I think installation is very key to address very sensitive uh, or any other issues. I think it's the best way to... Uh, because... Uh, it gives more, you can feel it, you can sense it, you can, you know, compare to a two-dimensional flat, you know, 
painting. And it's a rebellion against commodification. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, so we've touched on some painting, some sculpture, installation. Who are you as an artist when you're working in these various modes? Mm. What do you learn about yourself as an artist that, say, when you're carving a piece of sculpture, that you... Do you have to work with different aspects of yourself as an artist? Uh, I, I think um, as an artist, you either try to document or you are creating social commentary or you also you can also be a shock artist where uh, you want your work to shock, you know. You want not to create to a pleasant. sensation. Exactly, you want to create a sensation. But I, I don't think artists are... are they have done multiple personalities because uh, either you're working with this, uh, somebody with a very uh, neat sense of can say, okay, can actually tie an artist's work together, you know, to say, okay, you're painting and this and that, you know, I can tell, you know, that this is the same. So, the same thematic uh, yes, preoccupation. Exactly. So, if you're not careful, people, oh, they buy this and that's what you want to keep doing. Artist has got sixth sense, you know, to say you're talking about something through your work and little, later is now happening. You know, I've experienced certain things like that, like uh, some of these around Lagos uh, talking about the Eco-Atlantic, our government, uh, or, you know, different ideas like that that, you do something and later people, or the Courage series, which I've done way back before the George Floyd uh, and so on and so forth. So I think uh, for that, if you're sincere with yourself, you just have to try and document your experience in your work. Mm -hmm. So with that, there will be a harmony, you know, along the career path. Instead of your work. Oh, instead of sorry. Oh, who is this? Oh, you don't do stuff like this or, you know. <laughs> no, it's, w what's so amazing with your work is that even when you see some images sometimes and it's just a corner of a piece of work by you, there will be people saying, oh, there's, look at that alimony Without there. the signature and, yeah, you know. People, without the signature, without sometimes even without seeing the, the, the whole picture. People seem to be able to tell that that's an alimony and not in a way that is um, cliched or anything. It seems that there's a, a, a profound connection with your work by people who have encountered it. When they see that, that imprint again, they can tell this is an alimony. Yeah, um, that's what Why for do young, you think that yeah, is? Yeah, for young artists, I always try to encourage... Uh, going for residencies. I think um, they are just so recently, Chief, I know Oni Opaku uh, have really supported uh, most of us in terms of trying to uh, give out access to a different environment. I think working in that environment gave me some aesthetics, which, uh, I mean, I I've done a show where they look at the work, uh, I and that's always been my focus. I don't want to be categorized as an African artist, I just want to be an artist. And they look at my work and I said, who did this? Oh, you, oh, black, you did this, you know? <laughs> the whole idea is just to say, okay, this is modern 
African aesthetics. You know, I was very fascinated by the Scandinavian aesthetics. I was very fascinated by the Japanese aesthetics. And if you look at these two, when I look at my Yoruba, it's so similar. I mean, uh, we do our Durandigo, the Japanese call their own Shibori, or what's it called? Different, even the, what's it called? Scandinavia has got their own. So it, it's like a language that is not uh, predominant to a particular place. It's just a language of beauty. It's just a language of nature, you know. So that is why uh, uh, some of my colors, people look at the colors and say, but well, it's African colors. It's, uh, I think uh, maybe if I live in the Western part, I think my, my colors will be more, will be more like etsy. You know, I mean, you go to battle, you can see the, 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 the earth is kind of very etty, terracotta. But when you're in Lagos, because it's a very, uh, it's a very, uh, you're close to the Atlantic and colors, greens, blues. So, you know, white sand. Exactly, white sand. So some of these are what you see every day, at the end of the day, uh, unconsciously. It's what you just keep uh, doing over and over again. So what I'm hearing is that the artist's immediate environment also goes Absolutely. a lot it's into a major, what... It's a major factor, mm -hmm. you know, into what... Uh, only if you're sincere with what you're, uh, uh, what you're doing, you know, because uh, it's very easy to be carried away by uh, fad, by... I mean, uh, there's a new trend now of uh, portraiture, you know. Uh, I tend to look at all the artists just about uh, what is black portraiture. And I tend to say, oh, we are not this black. Uh, who started this is, uh, what's some of this American uh, artists? Um, I'll remember his name, you know. But the reason he's doing the, the black to be extra black, you know, is just because of racism is, as an African-American artist, where you want to emphasize the blackness, that you need to see this blackness. And now back in Africa, uh, it tends to see this, uh, is a new trend, uh, the portraiture, black, and, you know, I tend to say, oh, we are not this. And someone said, but your figures are always very black. They're always very great. I said, yes, it's deliberate to uh, just create that middle way of say, okay, we are all great. We're all human. We are all human. So that that has been uh, the direction, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, the artist is a Kerry uh, James Marshall. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, whose work, whose work is in the collections of um, Jay Z exactly, and Exactly. Uh, major and, museums. Yes. And stuff those and, those um those large canvases with yeah, a lot of black, black figures and extra. And dance. So there's a reason why it's taking that. An approach, you know, a, a, a take up on black joy, black exactly. joy, uh, and also uh, undeniable, unapologetic, exactly, kind of blackness. exactly, blackness, uh -huh. yeah. But here you're saying that people are being influenced, maybe in that, influenced, you know, and um, and but not necessarily subject to the same stimuli, of course, as Kerry exactly, James Marshall, exactly, you know. So uh, I think. Um, for us, uh, as Africa, there are a lot of issues we can use our hearts to talk about. Like with the Chinese artists, I've always been using their art to talk about their. Uh, so to be influenced by the West, it's 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 
it's something that won't give us uh, the right direction, you know, as African artists. Interesting. You were saying earlier that sometimes you would exhi exhibit in certain places and the viewer would be surprised that the work was painted by by a black artist or by an African by an artist from Africa. Africa, yeah. <laughs> and I can understand that because I think when I first started looking at your works, following your works, there was always that translatability. I think. Uh, in your use of, use of color, for instance, they were not always necessary, sometimes very muted colors, almost like something that would be painted by somebody in Nottinghamshire. But they have that universality about them. You've mentioned beauty. Why do we need beauty? Uh, uh, they always say uh, art's supposed to comfort the uncomfortable and make it comfortable, you know. Um, comfort, our, our, comfort the afflicted and yeah, afflict exactly. the comfortable. I think we, our society is so tense. Our environment is also conducive. The period we are in, we need something to comfort. You go home, you need something that... Will, that if you look at uh, psychology of colors, they always say certain colors will respond to certain colors in a different way. So for me, the focus has always been at that comfort, you know, uh, spirituality, beauty, for now. By the time maybe, okay, we are now very comfortable, then you can say, okay, we are becoming too complacent. We need art that needs to be... We need to uh, jazz it off exactly, a bit. Exactly, exactly, exactly. This is very tense. Uh, so uh, that's always been the... So beauty helps us to yeah, be able to live absolutely, better absolutely. and to be able to endure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, during this lockdown, I've seen uh, where people connect with their hearts more and uh, compare because we are kind of very busy people. People don't have time to really enjoy, you know, their hearts. And say, oh, the lockdown actually forced uh, people to connect more, you with know, their with their hearts. Heart. Exactly. You mentioned uh, Chief Aino Unyopaku, who we lost last year, yeah. a proprietress of Quintessence Gallery yeah. in Ekoi, Lagos. You've had a long association with that gallery. Can you talk about that? And uh, yes. Uh, and a bit uh, more about her. Yes. Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the part then as an artist is, and I always tell people, you need a gallery affiliation because if you're doing something, no matter how amazing it is, if people can see it, I mean, uh, uh, you, you are not trying to uh, disseminate your message, you know. So uh, that representation and the early career of the art is very key. So I was lucky uh, to be able to, you know, have a representation with the gallery, and that really, really helped me a lot. And the more you work, the more experience it tends to 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 gather. So they really guide me, you know, in terms of. Uh, with Mr. Moses, you know, they really guide me in terms well, of... More high. Yeah, exactly. To say, okay, uh, I, I mean, uh, when they went follow more, it was a very amazing space for exhibition. I and, agree. Exactly. So it was like a boarding ground, you know, for me. The preoccupation with the everyday, your exploration of everyday people in your artistic practice, as we see in... A lot of your works, 
And also in landmark series like the Anonymous series, can you talk about uh, um, the focus on the on 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 the ordinary? The person? ordinary uh, that started uh, with, I think it was when this area was just developing. Uh, Where your studio exactly. is exactly, and you know we tend to see that Nigerians are very hardworking people. I mean, you see the way people sell uh, their goods in the traffic and. I tend to look at this. There's this uh, in, uh, to be inquisitive that where are they from? Uh, where are they going? Uh, how do they survive selling this? So it's a way to to make them like an icon. You know, that's when I started the first uh, kind of portrait. To uh, I, I used to take their pictures. You know, so can I take it? And I'll go back to the studio and I'll paint this anonymous. You know, that I said, okay, these are the they're very important to the environment. Some of them are mega, some of them are, but at the same time, it's as if they don't exist. It's just to say, okay, the spirit of enterprise and taking the everyday and just try to elevate, you know. And I said, uh, said, some of these guys are on the wall in Ikoi, VI, somewhere in Magudu, and they're now taking a very prominent, so you know, elevate, whereas they are everyday people, exactly. Elevate them to the level of the sublime. A sublime. And sublime beauty. Exactly. Exactly. Beauty to make and them power iconic. And dignity. Exactly, yes. Yeah. You know, and, so the series now started getting to, at the point in time, started getting political. Uh, when I started doing the sculptures, uh, there are very recognizable faces until... Uh, it was election for five years, uh, I think uh, eight years ago. And uh, there's this thing they'll say, just go and vote. I tend to say to go and vote for. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that all our politicians are very, uh, I mean, when you do address your people, I think you're very arrogant. I don't tell them what your plans are. They just say, you have the power, go and vote, vote, vote. And I said, okay, after all, we are all anonymous. So uh, the anonymous must now transcend to anywhere where people don't have the freedom of speech, where they can't express it, where their opinion doesn't matter, you know. Where their votes don't matter. Doesn't matter, exactly. And also, uh, the interchangeability of even the politicians themselves who are always crossing. Yeah, of course. Crossing from one platform to another. Of course, of course. I mean, I've done political works way back. Uh, I remember the House of Assemblies, they are more like uh, an abstract kind of uh, actually painted insect. And I said, okay, uh, insect. Insect. Mm-hmm. And they are kind of crawling over honey, you know, uh, giving the impression of them, you know, clusters. And, and I call the House of Assembly, you know, that I think the people are House of Assembly, they care about us. Do they deliberate about our case or they are for themselves? Continuing the conversation, Alimi Adewale talks about NSARS and the focus of his art in the ongoing pandemic. So I've been political way back. Maybe I might be in the future, but for now... Uh, the focus on is on how that heals for like like the answer to say Art have you done heals. exactly have you done anything but i say i can be creative under that it's very traumatic the whole experience 
maybe for photographers, it's very easy for them to document and stuff. But for the artists, it's not something you really want to dwell and make memorable. And, you know, it's just like a friend also, uh, a rice cream say, I'm just unable to write anything, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, while uh, all that was going on, going on. I, I couldn't function wow. uh, for quite a while myself. Wow. And it took, it took um, you know, a strength of will to just even Get back. pick up the pieces Piece again. But hopefully, part of what's interesting about all of this is to see how it will seep into our art yeah. over time. Maybe over time. not in the immediate. So art that heals, how have you approached that given the current situation of the pandemic when we've gone through unprecedented and collective trauma? And how have you worked in yeah. this period? Yeah, I mean, my concern was, uh, I just realized that uh, we don't really have safety nets as artists. And it was a tough period. And I mean, a lot of people are using... You're saying, you're saying was, but we're still in the pandemic. <laughs> no, I was talking about the old NSAS. Okay, NSAS, NSAS okay, you know. yes, yes. Uh, the pandemic, now, filter uh, into the NSAS. It was during the pandemic, and... I mean, different initiatives by different kind of people, but uh, the initiatives are just to say, oh, let me go and feed somebody somewhere. And I said, who's feeding the artist? You know, that's when I started the Nomad Artist Initiative, where I was able to work then. Uh, I did a body of work. Uh, uh, Solitude and pandemic. Exactly, exactly, which I, uh, I kind of did a kind of mini online show, you know, and proceed went to some of these artists, young artists, because the whole idea they is... They could apply for, like... Yeah, grants. Grants of 100,000 naira exactly. at a time. Yes, yes. Because I can imagine being a young artist and your parents are telling you, go and get a job. There are a lot of talent that we've lost, you know, to doing something else instead of making art. So that was what I was able to do during that period to say, okay, uh, you know, and the way the world is going... Everything is becoming very virtual. So it's actually a very virtual approach for artists, you know, I'll say creative support. It's more like a very virtual approach. So that was what I was able to do, I mean, during that period. Okay, can you talk about uh, the other aspect of the Nomad Artist Initiative, which is the residencies for three artists at a time? Can you talk about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh... And up-and-coming artists again. Yes. The, for me, I take my uh, development as a result of the exposure, ability to see great work of art, to visit museums. And uh, looking at Lagos, I mean, apart from the Prince C.M.C. you know, that is just nearly, there's nowhere where artists can... At the Pan-Atlantic Pan University. University. There's nowhere where artists can get inspired. So the long term of the nomad artist is to say, okay, uh, in the future, artists should be able to travel somewhere and connect with great art and get inspired. And well, that is the only way you can break the rules. The more art you see, the more rules you can break. And seeing it on the internet or in a book is different from seeing the arts uh, physically. You know, by this exposure, you just realize. Anything can be called hard. You can use anything to make hard. You know, you expand 
you know, your mind. So it, it's more like... It can uh, be Damien Hurst and it's a car. Exactly. So I think we have enough uh, fiscal residency. So that approach just to say uh, it's going to be a virtual kind of artist uh, support. The second one is what we call three by three to say, okay, as an artist, you should be able to work anywhere. Because for me, when I go for the residency, I'm not in my studio. And I was able to create a body of work. You're not in that your comfort space. Comfort space. That at the end of the day, create a body of work. You're challenged to create. And there's a, you have an exhibition after, you know, the residency, you know. And while you're creating works, when the, you're not in your comfort zone, bring a different kind of element. I mean, I was painting Indeed. in Sweden. The Swedish light is very... I came back. I'm still trying to go in that direction. Art that is very subtle. Art that is very... And again, because the place is very remote, now I'm very conscious of... Oh, you see the sunset. You see the water. You see the... So as an artist, you'll be able to pick... You have a heightened things, sense of beauty. Heightened sense, you know, of beauty, you know. So... Uh, so it's okay, it's a virtual, so I say, okay, why can't we actually just go somewhere, work for three days, and, and so far so and good. Create I, three I works. create three works. And so far so good, I've seen, uh, the people that have been part of that, I've seen the confidence level, where, I mean, some are saying, oh, their parents are so happy that, I really, in Nigeria, somewhere, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's, it's, because for me, uh, I go to exhibition, I know the way they treat me as an artist, you know, so I think artists, uh, you need to pamper them a bit, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the old idea with pampering come confidence to say, okay, believe in what I you do. I am somebody. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that's so heartwarming about it, when you and I spoke about it the last time, this sense that, you know, artists are, especially unknown artists are people who are often brushed aside in this society because people who are seen to be important or who are seen to be VIPs or dignitaries are are, are different types of people. So with this residency, you're having young up-and-coming artists be pampered, as you say. Exactly. Go to five-star environment. Environment. Five-star environment. (laughs) Environment, exactly. And everything... (laughs) made put at their service to just be at comfort and create Great, yeah and what that does to their morale yeah i've seen uh, people taking different parts uh, i've seen uh, the confidence level from so because i still kind of try to follow up try to uh, mentor and you don't take them to the middle of the ocean and no them and no if it's not because of the pandemic we need to meet and it's because uh, where there are no distractions. Someone say, oh, are you coming to be? I say, no, there's no distraction. So you guys can relax and, you know, work. And for now it's on hold, but I think when they decide to get back to, uh, we're going to think about more ideas. Maybe Madame Molara will come and teach uh, creative writing, you know, masterclass for artists, I you know, the people to write. I look <laughs> you know, so it's it, it just bringing different ideas because it's, it's a non-profit and it's more like, uh, you know, because it's only artists that know what is very important to them. So it, it, it's more like artist-driven kind of initiative. And, and giving back to... to yeah, absolutely. To yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. So, like, how many artists have been part of this uh, this uh, initiative? I think... Uh, I think like, you started around June 2020? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think maybe 24 uh, 
2024 artists. Yeah, wow. We have to put it on hold because of the old second wave pandemic. Yeah, yeah. But what kind of uh, sense of satisfaction do you get from being able to bring on stream this kind of wonderful initiative uh, uh, to, to support artists? And also, what's so laudable about it is that all through 2020, at least when we were all still very shocked at the idea of being in a pandemic, in other countries, in, in, in Europe, in the UK, in the US, uh, a lot of discussion about what government or, you know, institutions would do for artists or to support the arts, arts to ensure that theatre would not die, visual artists and all of that. And Nigeria, that conversation, it's like, it's not even started. But here you are doing this in your capacity to support artists. Tell us why it's important. What I realize is um, the field of art, the industry, we can only rise as, as a collective. There are a lot of talent in this country. I, I think if you don't support a young artist, you as an established practicing artist, you're not going to go nowhere. You know, I mean, I, I've seen a career being truncated by just being me, 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 me. Even the tech guys get to a stage in their career, it's Warren Buffett, see all these guys, they just discover what's all this. And the next thing is they start having initiative to support, they have different kind of charities, they have foundations and so on and so forth. I think it's part of the journey because for me, I don't know who represents the artist. At the, I mean, I've seen what they've done in the- In Nigeria. I've seen what they've done way back where they say uh, all the creatives, you know, uh, for the arts, I don't know, visual arts, you know, they have to go to the presidency. Let's say, just say the powers that be, even when they talk about creative, the creative industry, are they even thinking of visual arts? Exactly. So, uh, for me, I always say uh, policies are very key because policies are all support industry. You just put in the policy and you just step back. For example, in Greece, uh, is a requirement that... Every government establishment will buy certain amount of art for their offices. It's there. If you're budgeting anything, the same way you're saying, we need computers, we're doing this, art also must be. Imagine we are doing that in Nigeria. Imagine our artists, I mean, we're going to be very okay. You know, so policies, I, I, I mean, uh, I've seen where they decide to say, Art should be compulsory at the primary. You know, there's a period where they say agriculture. That was what we're doing. Agriculture. I say, so I say, you just try and go to the and make that policy, and they put their fight for that policy. And you discover everybody knows so much about. I say, I've done art before when I was in primary school. The doctors. You might go and be an accountant. Of course, I've done art history. I've done some. I know what this. That is our and, industry. And I, I also know why it's important. Exactly. So most times people tend to think going to the uh, the government, getting money doesn't. At the end of the day, finish spending the money. You need so it's policy, you need policy, policy that we need to push. By the time we put a policy, I mean you just. For example, uh, it, it was during Jonathan. He went to Russia, and after all the old conversation, Putin said, "I know Nollywood. That is big deal. Out of everything from this country." said, I know Nollywood. I've seen a Nollywood movie before. So I think uh, 
for now, uh, I don't know what associations are pushing, you know, to the federal government to say, educational system to say, okay, this is what we need to put in place. And uh, overnight, it's just, I mean, abroad, you see, if you can't buy original, everybody's buying prints. You buy prints, it's not uh, a must must buy original so piece. So it's not the preserve of, uh, of the wealthy. Exactly. Art collecting exactly. is not, or art exactly. appreciation is not the preserve exactly. of the wealthy. Because, Everyone I mean, be you, must have, you must have seen in the magazine, you see, they'll say, it's an egg, it is very good for you. Below, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see association of farmers. At the end of the day, they know that, oh, yes. Or oh, drink a glass of milk a day. It's exactly. good for children's books. Exactly. And in that industry, they're trying to say, and before you know it, I mean, there'll be a boom, yeah. you know, yeah. in that industry. You know, so I think there's a lot of work to be done. And people will know. be better for it. Exactly. People will be better for it, you know. And I mean, a lot of people, we see people living at uh, advertising, going to different industry, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Now, when I first encountered you and your work, for some reason I can no longer even articulate, I saw you as some kind of new generation of Shogo school. Is, have you come across other people that had that idea? Or was it because one of our first encounters was at the art salon? Art salon, yeah. Uh, organized by Caroline Sage yes. in Abuja. In Abuja, yes. You know, where the focus was... Um, a lot on yeah, it's exactly art, art yeah. Mm -hmm. So, is this something you come across with other people, and uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, uh, for me, uh, the Oshobo School, you know, uh, it's uh, something that I really have affinity with in terms of it's art that is very deep and is very cultural and is very spiritual at the same time. It's something that really fascinates me. The use of colors, you know, uh, their stylization. You know, because if you look at the Nigerian, uh, more like the art, uh, we have the academically trained and the non-academically trained. In fact, that uh, it doesn't exist anymore because some of the so-called non-academically uh, associate professor in some universities, you know, all over the world, and they are from Oshobu and they, they know that, oh, we're going to give this person an honorary professor and can actually teach, you know. I mean, Chief Murano taught, uh, taught at IFE. Exactly, at exactly, point. at some point. So uh, Oshopo more or less was like uh, the background for me to now say, okay, how do you take some of these, their use of colors, say, to uh, very contemporary? Because when I started, there are some of my works that are more like very symbolic. You know, I research about the all symbolic, you know, uh, the Yoruba symbolic, you know, uh, signs that I always uh, in, uh, put into my work before and I say, okay, yes, it's a very global contemporary world. Though. So I moved from that to something that is now saying, okay, this is the everyday, this is a contemporary world. And how do you present your work, you know, to the world as, as, see as an artist, not... Uh, try to categorize, because uh, that category of African artists, there is actually expectation of what is expected, you know. I mean, some don't expect us to know how to draw. Mm -hmm. You know, they believe, oh, you're an African artist. The art must be crude, must be... So it's just trying to change that narrative. It must be, quote-unquote, naive. Naive. I mean, I mean, uh, the West, at times, they want to dictate 
what is African artist. You know, but you now settling them, come, have you been to Lagos? Lagos is like small New York. I mean, people are glamorous. It is that part, you know, that I decided to say, okay, you tend to move from that, what inspire to what is now, you can say it's more kind of global, you know, because uh, the last show I had in Qatar, during the interview, the journalist said, I mean, this is the first black artist having a show here, an African artist. I mean, I'll say black Africa. I mean, some Egyptians that are Arab have shown in the gallery. How come uh, you're able to... It was very inspiring to, for me. To break the, yeah. the, the glass ceiling, the glass so to speak. It, I mean, it was very inspiring for me because it's just to say, okay, now we are at par. You know, it's based on the quality of the work, not where you're coming from. That's always been my focus. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you see galleries where uh, you see a crop of uh, African artists managed by Western guy. I mean, the, my Paris gallery, uh, you see the Chinese guy, you see Africans, you see Europeans. Those kind of gallery appeals to me to say, okay, people are coming and it's based on the quality of their work. Uh, you were talking about the Oshobo School. Uh, I, I see in your work and theirs that kind of focus on the figurative. Um, let's talk about your exploration of the human form in painting and maybe in sculpture. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think it's a part, you know, for the artist, the part. The older you are, you're practicing, the more you get to a stage, you look at, uh, you don't have anything to prove. And your work starts becoming very fluid. You start, you proportion doesn't exist. Certain rules of art doesn't exist. And you just want to express yourself the way you feel. In that part, it's always a freedom. It's just like Chief Murano. I mean, the level Chief Murano has gotten to, he doesn't have anything to prove. The figures, I look at them and say, Wow. And they're very masterful because it's a part that you use of colors, use of, it just comes naturally. You know, so with, at a point I was really focusing on proportion. You have to be like this, you have to be like that. But the more you understand art, the more uh, you tend to take a different tone that says, oh, I can paint. It's just like, uh, I mean, uh, when you, if you you see young artists, you want to paint the sky blue. But you get to extend your career and say, yes, the sky can can be green. <laughs> it requires the eyes has become disciplined. And actually the sky can become green. Depends on where you are, depends on the reflection, you know, and that you get. It's only then that you can see certain you can see things certain in the things. World. Exactly. You can see yeah. certain things and our uh, proportion, color theory, all those things doesn't, you know, it doesn't uh, really hold anymore. You just want to. So your series, Who's Afraid of Nudes? Why did you call it a, I mean, like a study of nudes? Yes. Uh... Painting. Why, why did you call it that? Yeah. Was there, was there some kind of fear yes. of nudes in yeah, Nigeria yeah, as yeah. a society, for example? Uh, for Western arts, uh, the nudes has uh, always it's a been... It's a Exactly. Yeah. It's always a study Somebody of Somebody would nudes, come and pose for a class. Or the master, exactly. For an art class. And, and 
And what I realized here is uh, it started like a joke. Uh, here in Nigeria. Uh, two collectors uh, once said, oh, I bought a painting. And my wife said, ah, so the one you're doing outside is not enough. So you don't bring them inside the house, blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, it's just art. You know, it's oh. just so that's what, uh, that why are we so, uh, we're like closet uh, kind of, oh, this is nude. Oh, no, this is, you know, but it's just an expression because the female form I've always been. For example, look at Picasso, Gweneka. It is more like a political piece. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, you the said, mas oh. The masterful piece about yeah, war. Exactly, about war. But you look at, oh, uh, is it Mademoiselle Avignon? You say, oh, what are these prostitutes doing? Mm -hmm. I, and it's a totally different meaning, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, the English separate of need is just to, it's just to throw... Like, what's the big deal? Exactly, that, okay, who's afraid of new? You see new, that say, oh, this is very... Most time, there's nothing provocative about, you know, some of this stuff, you know. It's just what artists have been doing since the 16th century. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you've mentioned a number of places where you've had residencies and exhibitions and, you know, installations and so on. Travel is a big deal. Can you just talk about the value of travel to an artist and, and how that reflects in, in your work, in the works that uh, you What create. I said is non-profit. I, I call it nomad artists. Mm -hmm. All artists, uh, we are all nomads. I, I think with travel, I don't think it's only artists, even for, for all creative writers, writing some masterpiece in certain places, uh, people getting deja vu, you know, in places that are... It doesn't have to be uh, you're going to Europe or... Just go to Ogun State, just go to Ibadan, just go to some places. Go to the north. You'll be surprised at how ideas can, I mean, I, I know people that say, okay, let's go on a road trip. And during that road trip, you just get, it's just like uh, uh, Steve Jobs uh, then going to somewhere in Asia and going to a monastery, live somewhere with the Buddhists. That is when the sense become very heightened and you understand beauty, you understand design above everyone else. The same thing, travel is just uh, part of uh, what gives artists the exposure, you know, that is required, you know. In your case, it's also uh, reflecting in, the, in your medium. Uh, you're creating, you, you have canvases. I mean, your canvases aren't run-of-the-mill by any measure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it gets great yeah, Exactly. Exactly. It's part of... It's part of uh, and some of these are things you bring back from your... Yes. From faraway places. From faraway places. Uh -huh. uh, what I discovered is different culture. If your culture is very rich, uh, I mean, uh, beside painting or properly dye canvas, using a batik method... I've used actually okay, but most times when I look at some of this material from like material I brought back from Istanbul, from India, and all these places, I just look at it that we're almost on the same realm in terms of uh, people weaving, but they are weaving theirs in a different way. But when I look at it, it just seems the same to me. That's okay, that's okay, exactly. It just seems the same, and I, I realize. Uh, I mean, in Scandinavia, they do their own kind of weaving too. You know, they have a kind of loom. You know, they. So when I look at this, uh, it's about three or four years ago. The canvas is just not enough. You know, 
I'm sure if I didn't go to all these places, okay, I'm still going to so be this, doing the same thing. This started about three, four years ago. Yes, yes. Wow. If I didn't do, I mean, if I didn't make all those trips, I'm still going to be doing the same thing over and over again. You know. So I think uh, you go somewhere, you see, you see, and you expand the mind. I say, oh, you should be able to do something, you know, with this. And and how are the collectors uh, responding to that? Uh, yeah, at times, uh, for the collectors, they're very, you know, you know, uh, with the artists, the collectors are like a custodian. And I think collectors is very key because they are the custodian of your work. But at the same time, they don't dictate to you. It's like the artist trying to say, this is a part. And they look at the part and say, oh, this is a very good part to connect to. You know, because if you look at the way people connect with art, I've realized that it's all very psychological. Uh, simply say, oh, I love this landscape. Whereas, deep down, he visited a grandma in the village sometimes, and that's in stuff in subconscious. And I say, oh, I love everything that we like. There's a reason why we love them. We might not be able to so explain. we're bringing something into our appreciation it's of exactly, art. Exactly. Exactly. So people connect to different things in a different way, you know. So most times, uh, collectors, I say, oh, you're doing something not along this line. Uh, some uh, don't find it very comfortable. Some, oh, oh, this is new. So really, uh, for the artist, uh, collector feedback is key. But at the same time, you have to do your thing because you're trying to document your own experiences. Some people will tap into it, some might not, but you just must keep doing your thing. So you, your migration series, I'm particularly taken by these works you're creating with uh, indigo dyed fabric, the sea. Can you just touch on that? Yeah. Uh, and how did you start doing the migration series of works? Yeah. Uh, what led to that and what uh, are you trying to yeah, say and why these particular fabrics, uh, colors, ETC? Uh, my mission started uh, one of my residencies uh, in Scandinavia, Swedish to be precise. Uh, I met, uh, I'll call them real migrants, you know, uh, because people all thought I was a migrant, you know, I met them, I was able to hear their experience. It was then the thing for the project I did during the residency. And uh, I think it's one of my uh, very recognizable uh, series, you know, the migration. And as an artist, most of the time uh, you're working on different things at the same time. You stumble on, on some by accident. Some, uh, like when I start st stitching uh, some materials together, as a result of, okay, I've got some waste in the studio. What am I going to do with them? And I say, okay, let me just stitch them together. In fact, actually, when I started, I actually give patterns to the weavers. I was doing my own, you know, it's that process, you know, to say you just don't pick up one ashoke and you start the same way with any it. Old exactly, and you just any paint old on exactly. one paint on and it. paint on it. You exactly you there's a process. Even the process yeah. of that fabric yeah, exactly. and the motifs exactly. on it. Exactly. So the same thing applies to some of these patterns. Some of them you might not find them in actual actual clothes, you know, that people put on, you know. Because Which those makes ones, them all the more desirable. Exactly, because most all those ones, I mean according to Mama Nike, an expert in that line will tell you everything I do like or this, there's a meaning, you know. Oh yeah. It just don't take all those meaning and start defiling it. And take all this uh, masterpiece and start. So what I did was to 
get a plain canvas and create some of my own. Uh, some of these motifs are motifs that are very generic to different cultures. So to say, okay, this is what I'm going to work on. So now I even stitch uh, some of these uh, canvases that is dyed now still with some of the Duri rug from India. You know, those are the new body of work I'm working on. You know, so you start one journey. As you're going along the line, something will crop up and you just infuse, you know. So what I'm doing is just a mashup of all this material that I've worked, worked with. What can art tell us about the migration? How does art speak to the migration crisis? Oh, very important question. I mean, I've seen very deep movies about migration, you know, that are, I mean, if you look at our experience, and I realized the reason why people migrate is as, is some of them is just to see the world. Nobody wants to leave a loved one, either as a result of war or famine, to go to a better place. But I've seen the, uh, cases where people migrate and they're still not very happy. I mean, you, you're talking about infrastructure, you're talking about everything, and you have it. And people still discover they are not fully part of that society. I think we as Africans need to, uh, with all the resources, I think our leaders need to be very conscious of why do you want your people, why is your society, why does your infrastructure, why is your society like this that people have to leave? Why is the youth disaffected? Exactly. And they have to, and we have all the resources and we have, we need to look inward and see how to make, I mean, look at the whole, though it's fiction, the whole Wakanda thing. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean you look at the tech world now, you see uh, businesses doing great stuff. Uh, the last NBA draft, someone said eight Nigerians were drafted. He said it's a good thing. At the same time, it's sad. I mean, a lot of talent every time keeps in football, keeps living, you know. So I think we need to look inwards and see how we can retain our talents. Let's talk about your studio space, which has always struck me as one of your greatest creations. <laughs> talk about your fashioning of this space. Yeah. Anyway, uh... and, and what kind of space you need as a studio artist. Okay. I think uh, this studio space become more industrial, you know, by the day because uh, I mean, says the mechanical engineer. <laughs> I mean, uh, I remember in my career, I used to have. Uh, it's very difficult for me to make big paintings, as a result of uh, maybe I was painting a very small uh, corner. You know, I'm just painting one corner, and something are very difficult for me to really ex ex express on a on a grand scale. I think uh, artists should make their space as comfortable as possible because uh, at the end of the day, your space will reflect in your work, you know, in terms of uh, the light, you know, how much natural light you the have. sense of peace. Exactly. Solitude, Ex contemplation. Exactly. So I, I think uh, uh, every artist should make sure, uh, I mean, Though it can be difficult for a very young artist, but as you go along in your career, I don't think it's something you want to compromise, you know. I mean, I've seen artists that they are, so it's like a warehouse, like a whole big, like a whole big because of the kind of skill. I've seen people, they want to see the way they do museum shows. And if they don't see how the work is going to look, 
so the, the cities, like even in museums, in terms of the height of the ceiling, they want to see how is the world going to look compared to uh, uh, in relation to where it's going. So I think it's very important for artists to make sure their studio. I mean, uh, if you look at art history, all artists, uh, artists are always very sacred, you know, in terms of their practice, how it relates to some of the work they do. I would say artists today is more like a public space. So uh, I think um, it's taking a different kind of dimension that uh, with time is going to have multiple, you know, use. What inspires you? What inspires your work? What inspires your art? Mm. Where do you get inspiration? I mean, different artists have got different kind of uh, process. It was uh, in a show affair, and I was talking about my work. And the lady said, oh, do you think... Uh, I think I was talking about uh, issue of gentrification and the way uh, Lagos is becoming... You know, so gentrified, uh, people live in slums, they've been living there all their life. The next thing, government said, leave. The next thing you're seeing one, I rise. The lady now said, displacement. Displacement. Like mm-hmm. I said, what are you saying, Lagos? This now happen in New York every time. So I was like, uh, my body of work, I always know that I have a multiple meanings uh, to have this global kind, be, beside cultural. To have this global kind of uh, meaning, you know, for example, uh, I've done a workshop where some of the things I said, you have to go to the, uh, they expect to say, oh, teach me how to paint. I said, they want, you have to go to the United Nations website. <laughs> what are the United Nations specified global issues? Yeah, pick them one by one and decide how you're going to use your arts to talk about this. Some of them are talking about child labor. Sometimes talking about migration, not talking about environment. So I think beside the arts, for art's sake, is beautiful. Art also should have a point of discussion to be able to document something, you know, beside uh, just being a landscape. And because with that, um, though you see some people say, okay, I'm painting tomato cellar. I'm sure. On your way home, you always see one tomato seller, and it's actually etched in your in your subconscious. And if someone decides to come and start uh, castigating, oh, some artists are painting more some artists. I mean, there's a discussion I had with someone. I said, okay, you go to big museums all over the world. You see Monet painting water lilies, and it's now glorified. What does water lily means to you? Or the A stack, what does it mean to you? Different artists oh, are documenting. There's no photograph that we're able to say the more a painting will class a photograph. And in the future, come 50 years, you see a painting and it's yellow. And a child that's like 25 say, Why is that? Because they don't know anything about it. And so it's more like uh, an educational kind of, you know. So for me, what you're just saying. Oshodi in Lagos. Yes, that is no more. All those yellow Molue buses. Yeah. Painted, photographed. It's they are already records of something that no longer exists. exists. Yes, exactly. But the point of departure that I always tell some artists is what are the buses be contemporary? What do we have now? 
I expect to be seeing the blue Lagos State buses. By now, we need to have a departure from... So, as an artist, you need to be very conscious of that environment and be able to interpret it accordingly, you know? Now, <laughs> let me challenge you there and say that, yes, you're right, that we should by now be seeing paintings of the BRT buses. Exactly. But isn't it something about the visual power of the Mulwe. Of just hundreds <laughs> Hundred, of Mulwe exactly. buses. Exactly. Yellow Mulwe exactly. buses stacked up one after, after the, another absolutely. in uh, Oshodi. Yeah, absolutely. It's something about that visual power, of course, I of think, course, of that course. propels the propels, artist exactly. and the photographer. Exactly. Exactly. So so the, for, for the artist, the work process at times is research because you want to get your fat right. The actual painting at times, the actual making the art, my... Because uh, there are different process, which if you look at a, a, a work of art, you're trying to prepare your material, you're trying to do the base, the actual painting. So different kind of process. Uh, somebody's teaching the material together. Somebody's doing the dyeing of these. You know, so uh, you see multiple effort, you know. But when you look at it, it looks so simple. With a lot of effort that goes, effort. Exactly, that goes into it. That when you look at the final, it looks so so simple, so easy. I mean, is the is with that it shows that okay, success. If you look that way, because somebody is, I mean, using hours to do all those stitching and all those stuff. So the the, the process can for art can can be uh, whichever way for for different artists. You know, but for, for me, it's always research. Uh, the actual making of the art doesn't take much time, you know, like trying to prepare your material, uh, the mood also, you know. Uh, music is an element that I, I mean, uh, <laughs> I've seen uh, some works that are like, I was going to say, are you sad when you're painting this? <laughs> or oh, this is no, there's no joy. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> The processes are different, and uh, at times some works are successful, some are not. So it's. What do uh, you do when it's not, uh, by your definition, successful? What it, happens then? It paints over it. I've done that several times. I see. I, I've seen works that, uh, to me, is not successful. After painting over it, somebody wanted it badly, and I've actually destroyed the work. Doesn't exist anymore. So. Uh, I think every work of art has got, uh, it, it, you know, it's like a 360 degree make, uh, after making the art. It's something I really like this. It's very satisfying for the artist. If the person has decided I want to live with it, oh, that's multiple. Yeah, but for for art, uh, until my own focus, we always say, what do you, some is a museum show. But for me, the focus has always been for people to live uh, with my you know, with my heart. It's what gives me that, okay, you're sending this, it's giving some people joy, some people are looking at it, and, you know, and so it's... are going to love them yeah, like their children. I'm not sure whether I can talk about your collection in this. <laughs> like, I mean, like the uh, portrait that looks more like your son, and I say, ah, oh, and I look at it, I say, ah, this is my son. You know how fulfilling, and I don't know him, you know how fulfilling that is for the artist, and every time... The last time I saw the piece, it's looking stronger and powerful day by day. I, I was surprised that 
by your response to seeing the piece after so many years yeah. because you created it it came from you <laughs> but you, here you were looking at it in wonder anew of course i wonder i can't really achieve that the, the and in awe at your own piece uh, exactly. and encountering it anew it's, it's, that it, was something for it, me to it, see it's, it's always experience that i I always explain that every time, if I have the opportunity to see my old work, it's always the one that I look at it and say, how, what? You were literally I look saying, at it, how I said, did I do this? Exactly. Because when I look at it, uh, the colors are spiraling, yet they bring out the uh, depth and the expression of the eyes. Oh, it's, wow. It's my favorite piece. And it's becoming so powerful. That's why... Uh, it's my favorite piece that, in the entire collection. That is why... Uh, I always tell, uh, I mean, the power of art that, you know, there's this psychology, there's this spirituality. When people live with art, their joy is around it. See, art that people have lived with, you can't compare it to a fresh piece that is coming from the studio. When you look at, when you talk about provenance, you see, they say, oh, this is a Molara Wood collection. Uh, you might decide to say, I don't like parts to someone or you, Say somebody wanted badly. Uh, the piece you're talking this, about has lived with, with me in three different um, exactly homes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. I, I mean, there's a piece by they say one piece went to auction. They say Leopold the uh, Senegalese, and the piece went to is by French masters, based on the fact that all oh, they said they bought it with a wife after his normal the president. Blah, blah. So I, I think when people live with uh, there's a power. When you look at that piece, it's not the same, like a piece that is just living in the studio. I look, I look at that and say the height, the power, the, as the year goes by, it becomes, I remember uh, Professor, uh, Professor, Professor Ebuclat is only collector that said, said, I want your old works. He has got some new works. I want the old ones. I say so. I can't lay my hands on. So if I see anyone, I'll, and I'm not see, I just want the one because, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I love her. <laughs> I mean, every time I walk into some place, I say piece that is uh, five years old, ten years old, and I look at it, I say, whoa, and it's just. Uh, I mean, the piece you, you're talking about is from 2012. Wow. The piece um, that and. Um, I, I can't tell 2012. you. That means yeah. it's making 29 years. Yeah, yeah. I I collected it from you in 2012. And it's looking as if it's just, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. power of heart. And for me also to even see you um, contemplate your own work like that on my wall, I I, I can't articulate what that, what that was like. And it was eye-opening for me that you know to just see you look at it and ask yourself questions and and wonder how did i yeah how yeah. did i create because this? what i realized uh um i mean um every piece is every piece of the art is very important at times you think you can repeat some the mood you are in the whole ambience things that is done can never be repeated you know, that era is just, you know, you can only reflect on it, contemplate on it, and enjoy it, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's like the British artist, um, her name, sadly. Who? 
um, the British artist who did Tracy Emin, no. Tracy Emin, that's it. Okay. Who did the unmade bed, which was very controversial in okay. British art circles at the time. And then, and it was acquired, I think, by Sachi and uh -huh. And then when it was, a, it was destroyed in a fire in the warehouse where they'd kept the, a lot of artworks, and there was a lot of sig sniggering in British society, like, well... It's, it's just it's, a bed. It's just a bed. Was it? We were never sure if it was art. Anyway, that kind of <laughs> thing. And, and she really mourned and lamented. Exactly, yeah. It's all about best said, face. She said, you know, and the, the, the thing is, I can never, I could never recreate that, yeah. that piece because I'm no longer in, in that, the same psychological hmm, space hmm, where I was. And I hmm. think that's what you're, yeah. you're speaking to there. Yes, yes, because uh, uh, at times, if you look at the market demands, as an artist, you might just want to keep doing, I think for the artist, I think when there's so much demand is when you need to stop. If you want to be very authentic and take a different uh, direction, because if not, uh, you're now not uh, very authentic. You're now doing based on uh, what people want. You know, I think uh, we can just move on. We can revisit at times, but when you're revisiting, you're coming uh, with uh, in a different kind of dimension, not trying to to repeat and. And part of the reason why uh, it feels more like a gallery is, uh, as an artist, too, I really like enjoying my own work, you know, and I don't have that uh, idea until I start hanging my own works. That is when I realize what collector I enjoy. Because <laughs> <laughs> my own used to be in storage. And the more I start hanging, I say, wow. And there's an impact, you know, you live... Uh, with art, you're looking at it, you're connecting with it, you're contemplating on it. You, you interact with it daily. Interact you're in daily some kind with of silent conversation with it. Exactly. You just remove that heart from that wall and there's this silence that you get. And someone say, what happens to this place? Something is wrong. I say, oh, sorry, I removed the painting. I say, okay, okay. You know, so... I think, uh, I mean, in the medical field, they've done research to say, I mean, they, they are asked for hospitals to oh, make yeah. sure people live with art around. Uh, that's something that color does to to the mind, to the soul. And um, I mean, people are, I mean, years over time, people have said, what's the importance of art? You know, is art important? I think it really, art is very, 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 very important. Uh, I know, uh, so I've been looking at my art. Oh, no, I don't have a TV. In fact, this piece, I have to uh, remove my TV to somewhere. And every day I'm back from work, I just sit down, having a drink. I'm just looking at that. My eyes is just bouncing, looking at it, having a conversation, bouncing. So I think people that live with that special kind of people that are very sensitive, that are very special, uh, that have got great emotions, you know, because mm -hmm. some people still can't get it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. This is a question one would ordinarily ask a writer. It's the, it's the last question. Where does Alimi Adewale go from here? What, what do we yeah, want uh, to next? Is it, I mean, uh, in this time... Uh, with the pandemic, if you're you alive, if you're alive in good health, I think uh, 
we don't know what's going on in the world. Uh, there's so much dissension, but this is just the time. I think, uh, I mean, people have been using the pandemic to do a lot of infrastructure development in their cities. Is it time to rebuild? So uh, for me, I mean, I've been doing amazing work because, uh, I mean, you're, you don't want to, you're not traveling and you're just saying, okay, now looking was, what are you going to do in your own society? What are you going to? So I think it's a time for, it's a renewal. But if we are in good health, I think we all have won, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking to Art for the People. Thank you so much. to Art for the People podcast with Alimi Adewale. This episode was recorded at the artist's studio in Lagos. Exalted Ima Isong is our producer. Music is by Edauto. And I'm your host, Monora Wood. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a rating. This helps more listeners find Art for the People and lets us know you like what we're doing. Comment, share, and subscribe. Until next time, thanks for listening.